Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I'm Leighton Samuels, I'm Leighton Schlanger, and <laughs> you know this was coming as soon as this weekend's games ended. I did, I did, hit me with it. Who were your facts plays? Who were they? Who, who did you say was going to, well, first, okay, first of all, um, I said you really needed to start both Robert Woods and Brandon Ayuk. No, 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 don't start with them. Both Robert Woods and Brandon Ayuk, yes. Um, they got you 28.4 and 23.1 fantasy points respectively, but they were not qualified to be flex plays because they were ranked 20 in at least ESPN or Yahoo. So please, I know you made that one right decision, but tell the folks who you had as your flex plays at the end of last week. I had Jarek McKinnon and Jarvis Landry. Jarek McKinnon and Jarvis Landry. Jarek McKinnon gets 13-9 fantasy points. Not bad, not bad, right? Not bad, not bad. So then we have Jarvis Landry who gets you only 9.2 fantasy points. I don't know where, I don't know where the Vegas Raiders got their defense all of a sudden. They are the 31st ranked defense in in the freaking league. 30, 31st ranked. That is that is worse than every single team except for freaking Jacksonville. And yet all of a sudden the Cleveland Browns who who put in work last week when when Odell got injured all of a sudden can't do anything. It is, it was like, it was like freaking opposite week. It was infuriating. So what you are saying is, is all of that good stuff that you did last week is out the freaking window. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. We, we still, we still hit on a lot. In fact, you, uh, you did pretty well on both of your flex play picks. You're, I'm so glad you, uh, you brought that up because I absolutely did. Um, Justin Jackson, who I called for, um, got you 17.2 fantasy points. That is excellent from the flex spot. And T. Higgins got you 14.4, which isn't amazing, but also isn't bad. And it outscores every single one of your flex choices. You also mentioned LaMichael P. Ryan and Rashard Higgins. I did. I did mention LaMichael P. Ryan and, and Rashard Higgins. I mentioned them as, as super deep options for flex. Unfortunately, neither of them panned out as the entire Jets offense struggled. I thought they would have to use their passing down back, um, which they did. They just didn't use him properly. LaMichael Piran gets you 5.3 fantasy points. Richard Higgins catches his only target for 2.4 fantasy points because, like I said, this Cleveland Browns offense that I had so much confidence going in against the 31st-ranked defense in Las Vegas, um, Cleveland Browns... Couldn't cut it. This is what I get for trusting Baker Mayfield. This is what you get for thinking that you have any sort of fantasy football intelligence at all. Do you want a job? Do you want a, do you want a job by the end of this podcast? You can't fire me, bro. You can't you can try, but you're never it's never gonna happen. You wish you could fire me, but I will be right back here, baby. You cannot get rid of me for better or for worse. We have a lot to get through today because guess what? 
We are eight weeks in, which means mid-season rewards. That's rewards. See, you're saying it again. It's like freaking week four all over again. We're saying freaking a lot on this, aren't we? We sure are. We want to be saying other words, but we cannot because we are a fantasy-friendly podcast. We have mid-season awards. We have a few bits and pieces of fantasy advice based on specific players, but also we have our waiver wire pickups for the week, as we always do on Tuesdays. So, uh, go ahead, hit that drop, let's get this started. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is gonna be brutal. All right. Woof. Okay. Boom. Bam. 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 But uh, do you have like do you have like confetti or anything? <laughs> they can't see confetti. This is a an audio medium. Why would I have confetti? I don't know. I I feel like we should do something to like introduce the mid season awards and you know. Bum, bum, bum. You can't even do the freaking air horn sound with your mouth like it's any good. Like come on, bro. Like you. Hold on, I'm pulling it up on my phone. <laughs> There's an ad. Did it work? No. It's volume. There it is. Oh, I don't even know if the microphone picked it up. Okay, well, that was really boring for all of our listeners to hear, but boy, did we have a good time getting that done. This is our midseason awards. All right, that is way too loud. Um, I'm... I'm just, I'm done. All right, let's go ahead and start in the right spot for this one. Um, We are going to start with the biggest surprise of the year. And uh, do you want to go ahead and take this one? I do. It is bum, 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 Travis freaking Fulgham. That's right, Travis Fulgham. Where the heck did this guy come from? A sixth round pick by the Detroit Lions back in 2019, a whole year ago. Um, doesn't stay with the Lions long, somehow gets to Philadelphia. I'm no football expert. I do not know how he got to Philadelphia. All I know is he wasn't activated to the active roster until injuries piled up. And so in his first game of of, well, okay, his third, his fourth game of his career, he apparently played in three games in 2019 with Detroit, he had three total targets, caught zero of them, so his very first NFL catch came in week four with the Philadelphia Eagles, and the dude puts up 13.7 fantasy points, and you know what, it is just uphill from there, like, this guy has has had 12 or more points in each of the five games that he has played. He is averaging over 19 fantasy points per game since he started playing with them. That is that is five total games. And like, I know Jalen Rager and Dallas Goddard are coming back. And maybe Alshon Jeffrey, maybe Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey. And we know that the Eagles were trying to trade him, but we don't know if, if, if they can't trade him and if he's healthy. Alshon Jeffrey might be back, so we do not know what this guy is going to do going forward. That's why he is winning the surprise award and not some other one. But, you know, Dallas Goddard and Jalen Rager were both back on Sunday, and it was their first game back, sure, but they were there, and Fulgham still scored 19.8 fantasy points, which honestly is just about par for the course for him. Like, 
insane production from a guy out of absolutely nowhere. And if you were curious, yes, he is in fact outperforming Calvin Ridley, the number one point scoring wide receiver in fantasy on a points per game basis. That is insane to me. So Travis Fulgham, surprise of the year, well done to him, uh, only midseason, so we will see at the end of the season if he maintains that award. Do you want to go ahead and take the next one? It is it is the preseason deep sleeper. I, I, I would like to, it is, it is in fact the preseason deep sleeper. This goes to a player who had some preseason sleeper buzz, and uh, actually the, the, the player who got the quarter season award for this was Justin Jefferson, uh, coming off of a breakout game. But the current recipient for the midseason preseason sleeper award is Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, who won the surprise award back in the quarter, uh, quarter season awards. I know, we like giving out a lot of awards. But Robbie Anderson has actually managed to maintain in a way that Justin Jefferson has not. Robbie Anderson still has eight or more targets in six out of his eight games. And he finally, just now, finally, in week eight, had his very first single-digit fantasy game, which, honestly, I think is more of an anomaly than than what is going to be the new norm. Going like this, this one off production day does not bother me because he still led the team in targets by two targets. Like he's still the favorite receiver in Carolina, much to the chagrin of everyone who drafted DJ Moore in like the fourth round when you could get Robbie Anderson in the 12th round. This guy is a model of consistency after a year or two years of being a deep threat only in New York with the Jets. And moving on to the next one, let us go ahead. Yeah, we're just going to keep keep moving up. We are going to hit the Offensive Player of the Year. Yes, just like the NFL, we have an Offensive Player of the Year and we have the MVP. So, our midseason award for Offseason Player of the Year is currently a tie between Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. They are still the only two players in fantasy who have yet to score less than 20 points in a game. Both models of consistency, models of, of an extremely high floor and extremely high ceiling. Uh, Kyler Murray has scored over 30 points in each of the past two games. Like, and, and they haven't all been against crappy opponents either. I mean, they, they're both in the NFC West, which has the lovely gift of playing against the NFC East this, this year. Are they any good? Who's they? The, the NFC East. Are they any good? Do they do they have any good teams in them? No, they do not. So Russ and Kyler get to take advantage of what is by far not just the worst division this year. This may be one of the worst performances by an entire division that we have seen in NFL history. Like it's it's truly unprecedented, and I'm really excited to see where it goes the rest of the season. Um, that said, the Washington football team has the second best ranked pass defense in DVOA, and Kyler Murray put up over 31 fantasy points against them. Uh, Russ's toughest test so far this year, uh, because he has not faced Washington yet, uh, his toughest test was actually against Miami, which was a number six pass defense in DVOA. So these are 
not always bad defenses that they are taking advantage of, but they are taking advantage of everything, and boy, are they letting Russ cook. My favorite part about them, though, is their extremely high floor, which is obviously, this is fantasy football, uh, <laughs> the guy who won the quarter season award for this was Josh Allen, in part because of his feet, and his feet, his legs, his legs, his freaking feet. Who says his feet? I say his feet because of his feet, because of Kyler's feet, because of Russ's feet. Kyler is averaging nine rushes per game, averaging over 62 yards per game, seven rushing touchdowns on the season. Like, are you kidding me? This guy is averaging one rushing touchdown per game. So if, if you add these per game averages, 62 yards per game plus one touchdown per game, he is averaging 13.2 fantasy points per game just with his feet. That, that kind of value is insane, especially because the last time we saw someone like this, it was Cam Newton, but Cam Newton was getting the crap beat out of him. Kyler avoids contact like the plague, and he's he's an absolute master of sliding. Hey, there you go, top five baseball draft pick. And, and he's protecting himself while getting all of these rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, so I have a feeling this can maintain for the rest of the season. This is the only reason why... I am leaning towards giving this season long to Kyler over Russ, but it's too close to call right now. And and like Russ is rushing also. He's averaging five rushes per game and averaging 37 rushing yards per game. So that's 3.7 points per game just with his feet. But Russ doesn't have a single rushing touchdown on the season yet. Now, they do have similar schedules down the stretch being both in the, uh, in the NFC West. But Kyler has a better playoff schedule, so I'm definitely... You know what? I know we gave it to both of them. Are you gonna Are you gonna call an audible right now? I am, in fact, gonna call an audible. Thank you, Schlanger, for that really dumb setup. I am saying Kyler Murray, Offensive Player of the Year. Let's leave Russ out, but that was a very fun comparison. Very nice. Good for you. You're, you're probably wrong. I think Russell Wilson is definitely going to have a better season down the stretch. Russell Wilson is a far superior talent. He has far more experience. He has better pass catchers around him. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Kyler Murray has DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, but Russell Wilson has both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And if you look at them, Tyler Lockett got you over 50 fantasy points last week. And DK Metcalf this week got over 40 fantasy points. So Russ just has a better supporting cast. And I, I, I think his experience, his talent, and his supporting cast will overtake Kyler Murray as the season goes on. Russell Wilson is my offensive player of the year pick. And I'm going to move on to the next pick because we have been talking about offensive player of the year for too long. And we are going to hit the MVP. That's right, the most valuable player, the most valuable fantasy player in the game. Now, I and Samuels and I, yeah, that's right, that's right, I chose these. So, so Schlanger and, wait, Samuels and you is how I would say that. Yes, okay, fine. You did help me out here. Samuels and I discussed, and unless the MVP is, is just far and, as a quarterback who is just far and away, outscores the entire field by an insane amount like Patrick Mahomes did two seasons ago. 
I think it always has to go to a position player because the depth at quarterback is always, and the difference between the number one quarterback and the number seven quarterback is much smaller than the difference between the number one position player and the number seven position player. So this is why Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are both in the Offensive Player of the Year and why we want our, our position player to be the MVP, or rather our MVP to be a position player. And this year, it is still, just like in the quarter of the season, Alvin Kamara. This dude is averaging about 28 fantasy points per game. He is winning you your week every single week. And there was only one time, one time, that he got less than 20 fantasy points. And that is because he got you only 19.9 fantasy points. Like, he's so close. He's so close, we, but we can't, we, we can only have Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson in that category. But, but Alvin Kamara's production is, is insane, and it is almost historic. And I say almost because, for reference, last year, Christian McCaffrey averaged about 30 fantasy points per game, which is two more fantasy points per game than Alvin Kamara is, is doing now. But Christian McCaffrey had two games of less than 20 points. Now we are halfway through the season. So we expect Alvin Kamara to maybe have one more game. If he keeps this pace going, he might have one more game of less than 20 fantasy points. But the game where Christian McCaffrey, the games where Christian McCaffrey had less than 20 fantasy points, he he had low teens. He 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 did not do Alvin Kamara getting you 19.9 fantasy points is still a stud performance. Just absolute MVP all the way around. We expect this production to continue throughout the rest of the year. We have two more awards to give out. I want you to give out the first one. Fine, I will. We have we have two new, because we are now mid-season, we have a little bit more information. We have two new awards to give out. That is the league winner, the, the player most likely to win you your league, and we also have the league loser, who... That's a lie. We had the league winner back uh, back in week four. We, we, we had James Robinson as the league winner. That's right. That's right. Okay. But we do have the league loser as the new one. You will do the league loser. Why do I have to do the league loser? Why can't I do the league winner? Because you gave me the league winner. You literally just told me to do it. Fine. Do it then and stop talking. Okay. Well, uh, the league winner, <laughs> we already kind of spoiled it. It's still James Robinson. But I really really want to say Chase Edmonds. How how we are trying to establish the league winner is the best value from average draft position. The, the, the guy who you either got off of waivers or or drafted way, way late in the draft, uh, who is who is carrying just insane season-long value. And that's been James Robinson to this point. He has had over six, at least 16 touches in each game. He is averaging over 19 fantasy points per game, which just like Fulgham is edging out Calvin Ridley, who's the top scoring fantasy wide receiver right now. So like, you know, James Robinson is putting up insane production for you in your league. The only problem and part of the reason why I am leaning towards Chase Edmonds and why I think it might be Chase Edmonds by the end of the year James Robinson has week 15 and 16 against Baltimore and Chicago, respectively. And if this is a league winner, if this is a guy who's going to win you your league, he has to pull through in the fantasy playoffs. 
And this is why I want to give this to Chase Edmonds. And again, just like with the Offensive Player of the Year, I think I'm going to have to, which which is strange. Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds has only had a, a few good games. I don't know. I don't know how you could possibly consider giving this to Chase Edmonds. He has had three decent games. Yes, but he he's only had four total games in which he's gotten at least eight touches. And in those four games, he's averaging seventeen point six fantasy points. In the only game that he got more than ten touches. Which, which was last game when when uh, Drake got injured in the in the middle of the game, Chase Edmonds turned that into twenty one point five fantasy points, and he did that without scoring a touchdown. Kenyon Drake is injured. Kenyon Drake has been struggling outside of one game that he got a lot of garbage time points. It would surprise me if Edmonds does not end this season with more of a lead role, getting at least ten touches per game, and if he does that. He will be the league winner, uh, and I think he would be on some of the most teams because the whole thing about about a league winner is it's a guy who you could get on top of your first round pick, your second round pick, your third round, like these top draft picks, so you did not have to waste a premium draft pick to get him. Now, uh, go ahead and being the loser that you are, why don't you take away the league loser? <laughs> I hate you so much. I am not a loser. I beat you in flex plays this week, so I am the winner. I'm just simply announcing the league loser, and that is Ezekiel Elliott. And I know he has some competition. Saquon Barkley went down with an injury, so like all of you who drafted him second overall feel like you're screwed. And Christian McCaffrey has been down with an injury since this since week two. So we have we have a few options for league loser, uh, but C-Mac will be back, and he's going to be just as good as ever, and he could win you your league down the stretch. And Saquon was an injury, so we don't like considering that, especially since Saquon has handcuffs. Uh, Devontae Freeman had taken over as the lead back, and he was doing decently in that role. But Wayne Gallman, with Devontae Freeman injured, uh, had 13.2 fantasy points last night. Wayne Gallman had double-digit fantasy points the night before. So, you know, like, that's not killing you as much as marching out Zeke every single week. Since Dak went down, he is averaging only 8.8 fantasy points per game. This is Ezekiel Elliott. This guy has been a stud since literally the second he stepped on an NFL football team. Literally, since the second he stepped on a college football field. Like, he has been non-stop until Dak Prescott goes down this season. And his entire schedule from here on out is atrocious. It is all against teams that are in the top half of fantasy defense versus running backs. He has only one matchup for the rest of the season against a team that has given up more fantasy points per game to running backs than the league average, and that is Minnesota in Week 11. And they have only given up 0.8 more fantasy points than the average defense, despite Minnesota facing both Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry. So, like, even that's not an ideal matchup. Like, give, like, gosh. And the, the, and the biggest problem is this isn't an injury to Zeke. So you have to keep marching him out. You have to put him in your starting lineup because you have no better options. You're screwed. 
This is it. He's going to lose you your league. And that's just, that's just the, it is the worst position to be in. Like even Michael Thomas, who struggled in week one, is struggling to get back on the field, doesn't have a clear handcuff or anything. Some wide receivers, no, he does not. Like even Michael Thomas will probably come back in a couple of weeks and provide you with some production. Zeke has no promise. I I am I don't even know what to do with him. We have him in every single one of our leagues and we have no idea what to do with him. We might try to sell him, but he's so low at this point. You can't even sell him high. His name value isn't even going to carry much weight because he's been such garbage because the Dallas Cowboys are terrible. And we can do an entire podcast about how terrible the Dallas Cowboys are, but we don't even have enough time to do that in this podcast. So we are just going to move on. That's right. That's right. And and we, yeah, because we do. We need to get to our waiver wire pickups. But first... As always, we have episode sponsors. That wraps up. Well, first, that wraps up our, our midseason awards. Congratulations to all those players. Congratulations to all of you who have all of those players on your team, except for Zeke. I'm sorry for all of those owners. But um, we now can move on to our episode sponsors in this live read. Uh, I will go ahead and take this one. Are you happy slash unhappy with how the country is being run? Don't you hate slash love how the president has handled the coronavirus outbreak? Do you wish you could have a say in whether this brilliant leader slash con man gets to stay in his big fancy house that's the color of blank paper? Well, now you can with voting. That's right, voting. If you haven't already, today's the day to do it. The best part is if you use the promo code SVS, absolutely nothing will happen because this is a national election that might be the last chance to prevent this country from falling into a complete fascist heckhole or communist heckhole. That's promo code SVS. Voting, the best part about living in Pennsylvania, Ohio, North Carolina, and Michigan. (laughs) That's right. Yes, please, everybody, get out and vote. Today is Tuesday. Today is your last chance to do it. Happy Election Day to everyone. This will be a wild ride, but we are not here to talk about politics. We are here to talk about football and fantasy football, and we have waiver wire pickups for you. That is right. We absolutely do. Um, my first pickup is, is uh, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm actually going to let you take my first one. I, I, he's my first one because I'm the one that picked him as, as my flex play last week. That's right, Justin Jackson is still widely available in a lot of leagues, at least 30% of leagues out there, I think closer to 35% in, uh, in both Yahoo and ESPN. Like, this guy has scored double-digit fantasy points in every single game that he has played in that Austin Eckler has not played in. That is model consistency for, for a handcuff, and... and You've got to snag him up in an offense that is humming, especially with Justin Herbert, and especially since he has gotten five targets, at least five targets, from Justin Herbert in each of those games. Eckler is still expected to be out for at least three more weeks, maybe more. So until that point, until Eckler comes back, Justin Jackson, not Joshua Kelly, not Trumaine Pope, I think that's the guy's name, Justin Jackson is going to be the guy with value in that offense's backfield. I love that pick, and uh, considering I have uh, Austin Eckler on my IR and Justin Jackson and both of those, I hope you are correct. 
my first pick for your waiver wire pickups is Damian Harris. Uh, he may lose value if slash when Sony Michelle comes back, but I don't think that's this week. It could be um, because he he's officially off the COVID list. It's just a matter of coming off of IR for his quad injury, but. Damian Harris has more than proved himself to be extremely valuable to this offense as a whole. He has passed the 100-yard mark in half the games he's played, which, hey, that's only, that's only four games. So that's not like a huge sample size. Yes, but that is still, that is a factual stat that he has passed the 100-yard mark in 50% of the games he has played. And while he has no, no value in the passing game, that doesn't matter against their upcoming uh, opponent, which is the New York Jets, who I imagine, you know, just like every other team, the New, the New England Patriots are going to roll over them, particularly with the running game, which means Damian Harris should be able to hit 100 yards again this week, which means he's a, he, the bye weeks are hitting everybody hard around this time of the season. So, you know, Damian Harris is a, is a pick him up and plug him in kind of guy this week. And if he keeps this starting job, and if Sony Michelle has trouble coming back, you know, like, they've got Houston later on in the season. Uh, they've got a couple of other soft matchups. And, and he's definitely going to be that matchup-dependent kind of guy because New England needs to be playing from ahead. But if he has this job in Week 16... They're playing the Bills, and Damian Harris just scored 17.7 points against the Bills this past weekend. So, you know, he might be an option in your fantasy championship game, but, you know, not someone I would want to rely on. But, ah, gosh, with how injuries have been piling up this season, who honestly knows? You have one more running back for us? Yes, I do. And we talked about him earlier today. It is Wayne Frickin' Gallman. Can we get off the frickin' train? It's already too late. We're almost done with the podcast, and we are on the frickin' train. Uh, just like I am for Wayne Gallman, because as long as Freeman has been out, as long as Devontae Freeman has been out, and we know that Saquon Barkley is injured, Wayne Gallman has had over 13 fantasy points in those games, which is two games. But as the workhorse back... He's gotten you he's gotten you double digit fantasy points and workhorse backs are hard to come by especially on the waiver wire especially this late in the season and with 13 or more touches in each game without Devontae Freeman that's that's the definition of a workhorse. He was even involved in the passing game 2 weeks ago. He got five receptions which is, you know, Deion Lewis picked up some of those receptions in this past game, but they're not afraid to pass the ball to Wayne Gallman every once in a while. And the Giants' defense has sneakily been keeping them in games, tight games, the past two weeks in a row, which is good news for a lead back. And Wayne Gallman is that lead back. If he is available, he might be of value to you, especially until Devontae Freeman comes back. You have one more before we wrap things up. I do, in fact, uh, this is a guy who <laughs> is... I feel like he's been in this section a couple of times this season. Um, once was way back in week three, and then once is now, because everyone's dropped him for some reason. Dallas Goddard is back on waivers. Dallas Goddard is owned in less than 50% of leagues. again. Like, like, I get it. He had a rough game this past week in which he only had one target, but it was his first week back from injury. And they have a bye week now. We know, we know for a fact, Eagles, the Eagles 
always rely on their tight ends in the passing game. I don't see why that would change significantly uh, in the second half of the season. Dallas Goddard will be back. Zach Ertz will not be back yet. And, you know, people have short memories in fantasy football, and they forget how valuable Dallas Goddard was in the first two weeks. He had 17 targets through those first two games. Like, that is exactly what you want from a tight end. And I think he picks back up on that where they where he left off after the bye weeks. Pick up Dallas Goddard, especially George Kittle owners who just have probably lost George Kittle for the rest of the season. Like, maybe we can get him back for the very end of the play. I don't know, man. But George Kittle's out, and people are looking for a solution. If Dallas Goddard is on waivers, you want to pick him up. That is all the time we have today. Hope you enjoyed our midseason awards. I know I did uh, because we <laughs> we don't have that many of those guys. And I like making fun of you for your poor decisions, such as Zeke Elliott being on all of your teams. I know, I know, I get it. We can be found on Twitter at LT Schlamuels. We can always be found on the We Know Fantasy platform that is at We Know Fantasy on Twitter. That is www.weknowfantasy.com. They're also at We Know Fantasy on Instagram, on Facebook. They're... We know fantasy. You can find them. We know fantasy. Ask them for advice. They will always respond. A bunch, a group of very smart people led by a kind of smart person. Um, I'm saying that as a joke because he might listen to this and I just want to bust his... Mm, I don't know if I can say that word. No, you probably shouldn't. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you on Friday. Goodbye.